Well, gentlemen, we are back for yet another episode of Unfiltered. And uh, as with us always, Mr. Gary Ellix and Mr. Drew Cameron, I'm Weldon Long, your dutiful host, I suppose. And uh, you guys are in town this week for LEAD 2021 for EGIA. And during the course of that, we got some great questions in that we didn't uh, get to. And uh, so what I thought would be kind of fun to do, since Drew has all these questions from viewers, take a couple of those and just weave them in here for an episode of Unfiltered. And I know you talked about the whiskey and the cigars in a previous episode, but you got some stuff there in the back row. You want to talk about a couple of those real quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got uh, a gift that was given to us. Um, it's uh, the Boss Hog, which Whistlepig has several different Boss Hogs. This is the Magellan, which is uh, the 17 year old and it's aged in teak. And uh, we sampled this. Yes, we did. And it's it's amazing how smooth it is. Uh, alcohol content's about 54%, so it's pretty powerful. But you wouldn't know it. Uh, it's a little dangerous in the sense that you can drink it a little quicker than maybe that 54% ought to be drank. Would you mind so, sharing with us who gifted you that? I would or? not mind. In fact, I want to make sure that people know this is uh, was given to me by Ben Carter. Uh, previous owns, episode. Yes, previous episode. Uh, Vegas, yep. uh, along with Dan from Advantage. Yep, yep. And so Ben um, had a very successful year. He was thankful uh, for the three of us. Uh, came in and sat down yesterday and just basically said, you guys have helped me you know, achieve things in my business. I was in a bad place and now I'm in a really great place. He's got some business process structure management team. And so he just really felt strongly about giving us something that he knew we would enjoy. And so this is a very personal gift. Oops. And so he's very, very happy about that. So shout yeah. out to Ben, shout out to Soko. I know he's, he's a competitor of yours in the marketplace, oh, but I love him, but he's a good a competitor. Guy. He was at my house a couple of weeks ago with you, right. maybe a month ago. That's right. And he left a, uh, a part of a bottle of Whistle Pig 18. Pig 18. So just follow Ben around and you'll scoop up all kind of good whiskey apparently. Yeah, I think we, the important probably, thing is he left the bottle because the bottle is no longer there. <laughs> right, it's gone so. We probably should put on the screen, like a, if other people want to donate whiskey, you know, to, to the cause, right? I mean, yeah, should, yeah, let's, let's We should just, have the, the, the address for, for Weldon's house. So we let's establish the standard at Pappy 10 and Whistlepig, you know, uh, Magellan Don, 17. Donations are welcome, right? Yep. Magellan like Magellan yep. tonight. Um, we've also got a, a, a 21 year old uh, Pike Creek, which is a Canadian whiskey. Oops, sorry about that. And it's, um, it's probably one of my favorite all time rise. Um, it's blended and uh, it's very smooth. It actually was the whiskey of the year in Canada this year. So that's mm. what kind of prompted me to say, well, well let's that try five, that. That could have been five years ago based on time. Yeah, <laughs> no, but this one actually really is 2020, not 2021, so it's 2020. So uh, it's an amazing whiskey, Pike, Pike Creek uh, 21. So we drank um, that and went down like a juice box. It's a, little, it's a little bit too smooth. It's a little bit too smooth. It's starting to become a theme. The better the whiskey, the smoother it is, the easier it is to uh, consume. So. Um, yeah, so those are the two that we're kind of well, working uh, on right now. At the risk of getting back on topic, uh, Drew. We, we could do the whole episode on no, these whiskeys. No, we could. You could, <laughs> you could do an entire series of episodes on whiskeys and cigars. Um, by the way, if you didn't watch a previous episode, we're here at Old Town. Is it Old Town or Old West? Old West. Old West Cigar Shop in Colorado Springs. The owner was kind enough to, to let us come in and shoot some episodes. Since uh, it's a little bit cold outside in Colorado, uh, behind my house was a little chilly outside. Uh, I talked to my wife about us smoking in the house and that was a no. 
Firm no. So uh, we Can't found a plan why. B. So thank you, Andy Mitchell, for, by the way, getting the, the Van Winkle there and scoring that for us and also scoring the location. I understand we're also supposedly going to be a possibility of snow somewhere between. They're talking about snow apocalypse right? this weekend. They're, they're talking about to 90 inches. Yeah, this yeah. Saturday. That's why we're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, it's supposed to be a big incoming. Yeah. So should be nice here in Colorado. So, Drew, uh, you had a ton of questions come in yeah. uh, when you were uh, MCing and hosting Lead 2020 this year, 2021 this year, and the questions we couldn't get to, so we thought it'd be kind of fun to. Yeah, so we told our we told our audience that uh, you know to give us some questions. We had a, a very short segment there with Lead 2021, and uh, we did a little bit. Of, you know, riffing on contracting, you know, to start where I kind of teed you guys up and you, you guys were fantastic, you know, the legend and the guru, uh, so, you know, to, to respond to some questions. And we had a bunch of questions that were then submitted. So we just, we didn't get to them. And I told our audience that we would cover them in a future unfiltered episode. So this be like a little bit of a, you know, let's, let's see what we can get through. We'll try and make a little rapid we fire. We're you. I'm trying to get that lighter. No, you're, there it is. Continue. Okay. Um, hands, guru I mean, hands. Obviously, we, we can't be unfiltered if we're not all you know, smoking and drinking. So we, you know, it's funny how questions kind of come second. The episodes get more unfiltered <laughs> as they progress. Yes. It's um, unfiltered, remember. Initially, they're kind of filtered. But about the, actually, this is the second episode of this series. Mm-hmm. It's starting to feel unfiltered. Yeah. So, um, so how do you go from, so we, so we, our topic was at LEAD 2021 was sales accountability. And so, uh, you know, playing off of that, how do you go from holding people responsible to getting your people to take ownership and personal accountability and get align- get alignment within the organization? Because right? at first it's like you're telling them what to do. You're, you're chasing them down. You're, you, sometimes you're, you know, you're, you're, you're battling with your people almost, you know, is what I hear. Uh, I, I got to drag them through broken glass on fire to get them to do what I want them to do, that type thing. To where yeah. you've now flipped the table and they're, you know, shared vision, right? Not forced compliance. And you've got your people taking ownership and personal accountability. So let's, yeah. let's start with you, Wilbur. I think uh, for me personally, in my companies over the years, uh, it's about selling your people on your store, like having a company rally cry. Um, the tack that I always take, because it's my favorite, I love the underdog. And I always position us as the underdog and get everybody invested in, they're trying to hold us down. They're trying to hold us back, right? And get everybody invested in a mission, right? And not just a traditional mission statement, the values and uh, that type of thing, but getting them involved in the story. You know, I come from a background of poverty and struggle and difficulty. And, you know, I was the, the, the least likely to succeed, and yet I did. So I love that underdog story. It's why I love American Idol. They find these kids sleeping in cars on the beach, and they make them into, you know, stars or whatever. And it's just such a, a great thing to watch. And I remember my my first company here in town, which you're familiar with, we, you know, we've known each other for a lot of years. And in our second or third year of business, basically the local business HVAC community, the building department tried to do a takedown on us yes. and brought up my, my past felony record. It was all public and I had dealt with it and it was nothing to hide, but they came after us hard. Front page uh, of the paper. Front page of the newspaper, a mugshot of me on the front page of our newspaper. And we overcame that, but it actually worked out to be the greatest thing because that was the rallying cry. You know, we're the little guy. They're trying to keep us down, right? They're trying to beat us down. Southwest and Airlines versus American Airlines. Exactly. Back when Southwest was a startup, same exactly. thing. Exactly, yeah. Kelleher, yeah, same kind of philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so it was funny because once we became 
one of the larger companies in town, I kept finding ways to be the underdog, right? And it kind of reminds me of the Michael Jordan story. He always, I think that was Jordan. It was always looking for some- The last dance. The last dance and always looking for a chip on his shoulder, something that somebody said to get that fuel, right? And so now, you know, I, I invested in a new company here a little less than two years ago and we're the new guy and they're gonna try to hold us down. And I've taken everybody in our company, all these people, they don't know anything about what happened back in, you know, in 2006 and 2007. But once they come to work for us, they know about it because I sell them on the story. And I continue that story. I said, they're still mad. They're still trying to hold us down, but we're gonna rally. And I think if you can find a story, find a cause, find something that people can get invested in and be a part of, right? To go out there and fight the good fight. And of course, you gotta remind them all the time, every week, you know, you gotta give them examples. Man, this happened, they're trying to get us down and that happened and now this guy's doing this and they're saying this about us, right? It's kind of funny. Uh, this goes back, back to 2006, 2007. And I had, uh, I had my very first company, Best Value Heating and Cooling. And I had purchased another couple of companies here in town. And I would rally all of our people every week. And I would say, we're gonna buy every company in town. We're gonna own this town, blah, 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 very generically, right? Well, one day the phone rings in my office and it's Frank Johnson that at the time owned Wright Plumbing and Heating, which was the second oldest company here in town, 60 or 70 years old. And he's reading me the right act. He goes, what's this I hear about you telling your people you're buying our company? And I said, Frank, 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 relax. It's just a thing I do every week. I tell him we're gonna buy everybody. And your name might've came up because you're an old company, but it's just a generic thing. He's like, oh, okay. He goes, hey, well, I mean, would you, are you interested in buying the buy company? <laughs> and that's, that's how I ended up buying it, right? So it's about find, finding a rallying cry, something people yeah. can identify with and gather around. Listen, Alex over here is, is the king, the whiz at, 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 at values and goal alignment and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff's super important from a practical day in, day out managing uh, your company. But I think there's a lot of value in finding a story that people can sink their teeth into and say, man, I'm part of something, you know, I'm part of this battle and I got to go out there and fight the battle and people will take a bullet for you if they feel like they're invested in the story with you. You're creating a little bit of buzz, a little bit of energy there. And, that, and, that, and that's important. Obviously, you see sports teams do this. They're, they're always looking for the built, uh, bulletin board material, right? Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's why exactly what it coaches is. Tell, tell the players, you know, don't talk anything about them. Right. Always talk them up. Talk up right. the competition, right? Don't, you know, don't trash talk them. And so you definitely don't want to do that leading into a game because, you know, they'll put it on the bulletin board. And then, like yeah. I said, that's that rally cry that you're talking about. So yeah. let's, you know, let's go to the whiz, the king, the legend. Uh, <laughs> he just gave you two more names. So. <laughs> yeah, they just keep stacking up. So personal ownership, how do you make it happen? I 100% agree with Wally. I, I do think you need a story. Uh, we're, uh, my story is not his story. So I, I came from poverty in a different place. Uh, but we, we use the same philosophy. Uh, I think it's culture, culture, culture. So that's really what you're describing is how do you build a culture where everybody is built and aligned around those same principles. Uh, we use, uh, we're going to be the best and we're going to dominate. So I, I'm an athlete, and so you know my business partner Andrew in iMarket was also an All-American football player. He's an athlete. We have, we share the same ideology, which is we hate to lose more than we like to win, yeah. and we want to dominate. And so our our story is we got to be the best. We got to be number one or number two in every product category. How do we do it? So the culture and the alignment and all the same principles that you're describing for us is about it's competition. We love competition. We embrace competition. We're going to go out and wrestle. We're going to street fight. We're going to do whatever we can, and we're going to win. 
And if we lose, we're going to understand why we lost so we can win the next time. So we're not going to win every battle. Salespeople don't close every deal, but we're going to learn from that. So I 100% agree that you need more than just, you know, a value that's saying integrity on the wall. You need to actually drive, you know, what do do those things mean on a day-to-day basis, execution? And then I think something that we can all do better, uh, we do it pretty well, the three of us, but our companies, is, is celebrate. You've got to really celebrate your successes. Like when you buy that company, I mean, you got to you got to make that fun and you got to make that exciting and you got to give people the fact that, hey, we did it. We climbed the mountain. Now what's the next mountain? So Olympic athletes uh, historically will tell you that a lot of them go into depression once they achieve their Olympic result because they spent their entire life focusing on that one objective and they achieved it and they didn't know what to do after that. So one of the things we want to do is we want to say, well, yeah, we want to do this, but we have this BHAG, the Jim Collins, good to great, big, hairy, audacious goal. So yeah, we want to get to our goal. We want to climb this mountain, but there's another mountain out there already. And then there's another mountain out in front of that one. And so we're never done climbing that mountain. So for us, it's about being the best we can. And uh, one of our values that we installed this year, Wally, um, because we've got a lot of young people in our company and they, uh, they give us a lot of energy and excitement, but they're also uh, wired a little bit differently. They've been trained, brought up and cultured differently in terms of society than we have. So it's becoming the best version of you. So health, wellness, mental uh, you know, acuity, uh, happiness, the things that make you feel really great about life. Uh, we've installed that as one of our values. And so celebration and having fun and just being a part of a bigger unit is part of how we really try to drive some of those principles. And uh, t- to be honest, I mean, I, I, get, I get my energy from the young people. I love that. You, know, yeah. you, the, you have energy givers and energy takers and they're energy givers, they're outstanding. You know, it's funny you talk about stories, and I know, you know, iMarket's a digital marketing company, not an HVAC company, but it's another one of the companies you own. And I heard you tell the story one time about how you and Andrew met in the elevator. That's right. And it's always stuck with me. Right. That's the value of a story. Mm-hmm. That's the, and I, I, we might, I hate to keep the viewers in suspense, so I'll have you share that story. <laughs> but it's, so, it's such a powerful story that that's the culture of that company. Mm-hmm. These two guys coming from random places, meeting a friggin' elevator, and they're going to a, the same meeting. The exact same meeting without the knowledge that we were going to the same meeting. Yeah. I had no and, idea. But it's, it's, it's such a great thing that people can, like if I'm working, if I'm an iMarket, it's like I could identify like, man, this, this thing came from just pure, you know, uh, serendipity, you know, the basis of this company. So I just think that's, that kind of story is so powerful. So you want me to share now? Yeah, I, I, think, I think we should. I don't want to keep it, but it's you're on a roll. You we got, we, we kind of halfway shared it, but it's so powerful that I heard you and Andrew tell it one time That's years true. ago. Yeah. And it stuck with me. Yeah, so uh, that was a different business. That business has been sold. Oh, in forget fact, the whole it, thing then. No, forget it's, actually, it's actually <laughs> what EGIA is in, in terms of my relationship with EGIA. Gotcha. It is my portion a continuation of what I contributed of that. Yeah. to the, as, a, as a co-founder of Contract University what EGI is. So it was a business called EPL for residential. So Andrew and I, uh, Andrew was with another guy doing a different business. Uh, and we were both told to meet with a gentleman in Denver, Colorado of all places. And um, so we were both in town to meet with this individual. We did not know each other. Andrew was in the web business, had a custom web shop and uh, was doing lots of high-end e-commerce type projects, a uh, quarter of a million dollar type website stuff. Uh, the Fat Cat, Ben and Jerry's, those types of websites. And I was building the EPL you know, franchise type model, which was all the business processes for contractors online. And several people told me, you will never ever put content online and sell it behind a paywall. It will never work. 
I literally, a, a, a very successful person told me that. I'm like, I think that's where it's going. You know, so I'm going to pursue this. So we were meeting, you know, at the same place. And uh, on a random basis, we were both staying at the Doubletree uh, Hilton. And so I walk in the elevator and here's Andrew and, and uh, I get in and he's like, hey man, what's going on? I'm like, hey man, what's going on? And Andrew's a, is a big guy. He's like you, he's about six foot three, six foot four. He was offensive lineman. He's, he's a big boy. And um, so I'm like, uh, what are you doing in town? He's like, yeah, I'm having a meeting. And I'm like, oh really, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm in the digital marketing and uh, online, online marketing. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And he's like, he's like, what are you here for? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm kind of developing this process where I want to take this stuff online and I want to put it out where people can you know, access the information. I want it to be low cost. I want it to be accessible and I want to change the industry. That's my, that's my philosophy is we had all this stuff from service experts. And we had all the information that I had from my career at Lennox. And so um, he's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I got this meeting tomorrow morning, eight o'clock. And uh, he's like, oh, I got a meeting tomorrow morning, eight o'clock. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's interesting. What's your, what's your business model? He's like, well, I got the commercial version of what you're talking about. Oh, wow. And I said, no way. And so, you know, the next morning we show up at the same meeting together and you're in the elevator, <laughs> you know? So that's actually how we met. So we actually, um, uh, he got rid of his other guy and we partnered up and we've been fast friends. That was 2000 and that was 2001. Yeah. And uh, it was sort of the precursor, you know, AOL was still going on, you know, uh, dial up was still going on. So things have changed a lot, obviously yeah. with the technology and so forth. But uh, uh, we're using video now and obviously different kind of technologies. But at the time we did it, um, it was very cutting edge. In fact, it got product of the year uh, from contracting business at the time when they uh, nice. when we finally released it. So the value of a story. It's like the story I tell. I came to this town in 2003 to a homeless shelter, was there for six months trying to find a job, walking the streets, knocking on the doors. Not very easy with a three time, you know, felony record and ninth grade high school dropout and all this stuff. And I walked in a little heating and air conditioning company here in town that had contracted with some big muckety muck outside consultant to come in and do some hiring for them. And I walk in that room and I get iconic consultant. Iconic right? <laughs> turned out to be iconic and uh, legendary and all, you know, all these superlatives. And, uh, and that guy gave me a shot. That guy said, hey, we're gonna look past all this crazy stuff in your life and we're gonna give you a shot because we think you might have something. Uh, that was in 2003, 18 years ago. Yeah. And that dude turned out to be Drew Cameron. This dude right here yeah. was the guy that gave me a shot in this industry. Um, so you just, you just never know. And it's those kind of crazy stories that, uh, that people remember and connect to. Uh, I want to bring that story full circle as we talked about the other day when you came into the studio, right? But, you know, for our viewers, you know, I, they, they, they probably all have heard that now. Maybe some hadn't, you know, they didn't know that we were connected that way. But then we obviously come full circle. And we're working together doing this, right? Right. Which is pretty cool. But Well, as I, I recall, you were the one that gave me the nod to the EGI board and Bruce Madelich. Right. They, they didn't know they me asked, from Adam. Yeah, they asked, and I said, "Yeah, he's, he definitely. He's, I like what he's doing. I, I like again the online presence, the uh, the, the LMS learning module uh, that you're doing uh, online." I said, "Yeah, without a doubt." I said, and "He's got a great message," and I said, "He's got, you got a, obviously a heart of gold." Um, and, and so I said, "Yeah, but without without a doubt, you know, in a heartbeat." So, but the coolest thing about this story is how full circle it came, because the guy I, I hired, I was a consultant to a contractor. And the contractor that hired you, you know, he sold his company and moved around a little bit. And then just a couple of years ago, you gave him an opportunity. He came back to town and he was, uh, and it's funny because when he came back to town, he was looking for a job. He was a guy that's not gonna work for somebody else for very long. Yeah. And I knew that going into it. We had a very frank conversation. In fact, he's a competitor now here in town. I'm fine with that. He's a great competitor. 
because he's not giving stuff away. He knows how to do things properly. And so when he came uh, to work with us, uh, we knew it'd be a short time. It turned out to be shorter than I would have liked because he got another great opportunity he just couldn't say no to. And then he did that for a while. Then he opened his own company. Uh, But yeah, it was pretty cool because, you know, nearly 20 years later, he came back and he needed, you know, a a place to, to land and rest his hat for a while. And and he came back to work for us. And, you know, somewhere in here is that message is getting back to your question. It's the value of story. That's the whole point. I want to share, can I share one more full circle moment? One more. You got it. So about six, seven years ago, I get a phone call into the office and it was from the, Supreme, the, the, the Chief Justice of the Colorado Supreme Court. And she left a message at the office with her title. And I got it. I'm like, okay. Now if, what? If I'm going to be charged, I, mean, I wouldn't go Again? straight to court. I haven't been charged yet, so they can't go straight to court without at least charging me first. So she's probably not calling me about a warrant. Did you, you know? have an adrenaline shot when you saw that name? Hey, if I see blue lights a mile away, I'm like, oh, shit. You know? um, but I call her back, and she says, she introduced herself, wonderful lady. And she says, uh, Mr. Long, are you aware that judges all over the state out of their own pocket are buying copies of your book, The Upside of Fear, and they're giving them to criminal defendants as they sentence them to prison. She's like, yeah, he's, they're, they're sending them to prison saying, oh, by the way, take this book with you, right? As, you know, as, as a lesson, right? And she asked me if I would uh, be willing to come and be the keynote presenter at the Colorado Judicial Conference, which is 500 state court judges up in Vail, Colorado, they meet every year, and asked me to be the general session keynoter. Nice. And of course I accepted, and. Uh, and went up there and I got to tell I can't even describe to you the satisfaction that five had, 500 judges had to sit quietly and listen to me for an hour. <laughs> that was, and none of them were wearing robes, but, but they were judges. And uh, the coolest part of the whole thing, there were two really cool things. Number one, the judge that asked, requested to introduce me was the last judge who ever sentenced me to prison here in Colorado. And he had read the book, he heard I was speaking, and he requested if he could introduce me gave me a wonderful introduction, a very warm introduction, and I did the keynote, and I talked a lot about my story and Hunter and all that kind of stuff. And uh, at the end, I bring Hunter up on stage, and he talks for a few minutes, and when he finished, 500 judges got on their feet and gave this kid a standing ovation. That was my personal kind of full story, kind of full circle moment. The bottom line here, I think the message here, and Drew, and you'll, you'll wrap this up with something brilliant, I know, but it's just the value of a story you know, stories evoke emotion. And we've got to share stories with our homeowners. And as Drew always says, you've got to share the homeowner's story. It can't just be about our story. They want to tell their story. You know, what is that, uh, that old Zig Ziglar, the sweetest sound you'll ever hear is the sound of your own name, right? People want to tell their story. They want to talk about themselves. And we got to be so careful. It's so easy in this business, especially when you get busy, to go in and talk about mechanical things and, and mechanical solutions and indoor air quality solutions, you got to connect with the story, right? You got to have that emotional connection with people. Uh, I call it the self-disclosure, I don't call it a self-disclosure loop, that's what it's called. Uh, in Psychology Today, this wonderful article a couple of years ago, and talked about if you're willing to disclose personal things about yourself, your story, people will share it back, and it forms this incredible connection yeah. between people. So the value of a story, I think that's the real lesson of this, whether it's a business story, a sales story, the customer story, man, story, story, stories. Yeah, it's, you, you know, you, you kept saying the word in there and, you know, in business and sales, we keep hearing the term and we've used it here and we use it because everybody knows it, closing ratio. 
but it really is a connection ratio. You either connected with the customer and they connected with you and the story, right? And you, you connected those stories or you didn't. And sometimes you, do, you, you connect with a customer and they do business with you, but that also doesn't mean necessarily that you did connect with their story. And I think that's the thing, you know, you know, obviously the last year we lost connection. They're still trying to keep us disconnected, right? Yeah. And, and people, you know, suffered, you know, there was some, some health crises. There were some, some people who, who, who went to the, you know, the ultimate extreme of, of, of sacrifice um, and, and taking matters into their own hands because of being disconnected. In society, we want to be connected. We want to be connected with other people. We want to be connected with causes and, and things are important. So when you talk about that, I think, and, and, what, and what Gary said as well, that, that's what your, your coworkers can get, you know, can, can get rallied behind, but your customers now want to be part of that too. And so, you know, cause marketing is, is obviously yeah. a big thing now and, and not because you're doing it to say, oh, look at me, do business with me because I do this. You, this is just who we are, right? And this is what we stand for, like Bombas socks, right? For every pair of socks they sell, they donate a pair of socks to the homeless. Right, because it's the number one most requested thing in homeless shelters is, is socks. And they're, no secret, they, they are the biggest deal that was ever done on Shark Tank. I mean, the most successful yeah. deal, I should say, that has gone on the, far, the farthest. Um, so that being said, and that's why I think this works, you know, right here, because yeah. you know, the three of us are connected. We're connected, obviously, through our work through EGIA, but we're also connected as friends. We en legitimately enjoy each other's company. And then we have a couple guys behind the camera with Danny and Andy that are here too, that, you know, that we also enjoy their company and they enjoy being part of this too. And then our extended family out there in Sacramento, we, we, you know, they make our jobs easy. They, they tee us up for success and, and we get to have fun. And once a year, we get to do something big where we get, you know, get everybody to get connected. All the, the faculty, right? All of the members, we all come together in Vegas and we connect. We had 1,500 members that were scheduled to attend that was canceled because of COVID. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what happens this year. By the way, Danny and Andy, the two youngest looking old guys I ever met in my life. <laughs> Both these guys probably get carded every time they go buy a beer. And I think, what are you, 40, 37? 47? No, you're not. Dude, you gotta be kidding me. The dude looks like he's 27. He looks 12. Unbelievable. <laughs> Andy's the same way. And Andy's the exact same way. And I, I, <laughs> I just wanna remind everybody that also, it kind of ties into this, be prepared to share your story in local media as often as you can. We had two things just popped up. I get the opportunity to tell my story a lot because of my books and my story, but I always tie it back into our HVAC company. Uh, a, a local television station is doing a profile on me and one of the local magazines is having me on the cover about my books and all that. But in the interviews, I always tie it back, oh, by the way, I took what I learned in my story and my 15 years of training and consulting in the HVAC business and I incorporate it into a local company here, and we're taking everything we've learned about great companies, and we're building that in our little company here at Pico and Performance. So look for every opportunity to bring your company story. There's tons of opportunities. I'm telling these local television stations, they are starving for content, for content every single morning. Yep. The mm -hmm. local magazines, yep. right? The local business journals, the local newspaper, they are starving for content, right? You can go online and just Google how to do a press release and type a press release on something cool that you're doing in your company and send it out to every media outlet in your town. And they'll call you and say, hey, you wanna come do an interview on the morning show? They need content. Get your company story out there as much as you can. I'll bring this to a close. I, I don't know that they would actually probably even have to go to Google to say how to write a press release. I imagine there's a site, 
somewhere? Multiple press releases, what? examples. Uh, yeah, it's under the marketing section, uh, section six uh, under marketing. And uh, there's a best practice there called public relations and media relations, networking with your media. And there's some sample press releases on there. Is might so, find that on EGI. Might website. find that on EGI. So you guys thought I was just rambling. Just rambling. And it came back down to contract university. Gentlemen, let's raise a glass. Cheers, my friends. To telling the stories Cheers, and, connect, and connecting Molly. with one another. Love you, brother. Love you.